Welcome Andrew Bevan, Director of IGM, International Justice Mission for Scotland. He's uh, joined me today um, and looking very Christmassy, although <laughs> January. But uh, uh, Andy, is, um, I've known Andy for a, for a long time and he's, what IGM do is honestly mind-blowing in the depth of work that they do with regards to campaigns and helping uh, victims, or survivors globally. And at this point in time, I must say, Andy, it's fair enough to say 40 million estimated victims of um, slavery of some shape or form across the globe. It's the biggest human problem that we're facing. Um, slavery, the numbers of people globally in this type of slavery globally far outsurpass what we would have known as um, traditional slavery from, from all those years ago. But sorry, I'm talking now. I'd love to introduce Andy Bevan from IGM. Thank you very much for joining me today. Great, thank you, Shan. Yeah, and no, I think this year of all years, we want to prolong the Christmas joy a little bit more, hence why we're still got the Christmas tree going strong. Great idea. Keep them up all year. Keep us smiling you know, yes. after, after 2020. Andy, you've, you're um, leading the, the, the IGM organisation in Scotland. I'd like, like you to tell me a little bit about who IGM are before we get into a bit more about yourself. Tell me what IGM do and where they're from, what it means. Yeah, great. Well, thanks a lot, Shan, for the invitation to share. Um, great to have the chance to share, not only about IGM, but just a, a really important issue that we need to grapple with in our, in our world. Um, IGM are an organisation that works around the world, uh, protecting those who live in poverty from violence. Um, and we do that as an organisation that seeks to uh, work alongside and, and partner with local authorities and with justice systems uh, throughout the world. Um, there's a, a shocking statistic that the UN put out there a few years ago, and it's uh, an estimated 4 billion people in our world. So what, about half the world's population live outside the protection of the rule of law. Uh, so that means you know, half the world's population live in a, a constant state of vulnerability to acts of common criminal violence. And, and one of the key manifestations of that violence that, that we see at IJM is, is this issue of, of modern day slavery. Um, as you've mentioned, 40.3 million people uh, in, our, in our world live in slavery. And that includes right here in Scotland, um, but it includes all around the world. So, so the issue of slavery is truly a, a global problem that requires both a local and a, and a, and a global response to come, come alongside it. Um, so I, IGM was founded back in 1997, um, and over the 23 years or so, um, IGM has actually grown to become the world's largest anti-slavery organization. We have about 1,200 staff uh, working all around the world, in different parts of the world, in Asia Pacific, in, in South Asia, in Africa, in Europe, in North America, and in Latin America. Um, and we come alongside this area of uh, slavery, but also broader issues of violence. Um, and over the 23 years, we've seen almost 60,000 uh, individuals rescued out of different situations of, of slavery and, and violence. Um, and then actually the work that we're doing with justice systems is actually bringing about more sustainable change, which maximizes the impact of our work and actually in turn protects other people from being 
victimized and exploited in the first place. Um, so yeah, that's a little, little bit of an introduction to the work that we do. Massive, absolutely massive. I take in the, the, the figures, the, the numbers of people that you're talking about, but just putting that into context, context about you know, the, the rule of law and the people that aren't protected. And it makes you realize how lucky we actually are, that even in some of those, what we would call civilized nations, that we still have mm. this issue and these problems. And it's some of the things that I've spoke about is the problems in Scotland. But you know, I've, I've, I suppose, got involved in raising awareness about the issue that we have domestically in Scotland. You're involved in a far more global nature, aren't you, in IGM, and, and in particular in your role. Um, you'll have seen things that would make, you know, just make, I'm just thinking of some of the, some of the stories that I've heard as well, but just it makes your toes curl to hear some of the stories and some of the things that you've been involved in on the ground. Um, yeah. What's, what's driving you then, Andy? How did you become involved and what makes you do what you do? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think, I think part of it kind of ties into what you're saying there, Shan, about, you know, recognizing that we, we are so lucky and we're so privileged to um, not only live in a country where you would hope, uh, you know, the, the law will, will work uh, smoothly, but, you know, speaking for myself personally, just the, the freedom that I have to, to do different things. Um, so I think something that drives me is actually wanting to use that freedom for good. Um, and I, you know, I think there's a there's a common humanity to this, isn't there? Like, why is it that I should be able to live in freedom when someone else has been enslaved for, for decades of their life? Um, and I think something of that ties into my upbringing. Um, you know, my, my family have brought me up um, to be someone who who looks outwards, um, not just in inwards to our own family, but to to look outwards. Um, and I uh, at at the end of 2019, uh, before all the travel bans came in, um, I had the privilege of going to see IGM's work in in South Asia. And when I was there, I um, I met a group of survivors of bonded labour slavery. Um, and I was there with a, a group of people uh, from, from the UK. And at the start of the session, the, these survivors were actually um, coming towards the end of their two-year freedom program, which is an aftercare program that anyone who is rescued through IJM in South Asia goes into. It helps them to rebuild their lives. Um, initial trauma therapy and counseling, but then also building um, skills that allow them to enter back into society and, and live and thrive. Um, but we, we managed to, we were privileged enough to, to sit in on one of these sessions and we got invited to introduce ourselves at the start of it. Um, so I was leading the group, so we went up onto the stage and I just looked out at the group. There was about 50 or 60 survivors in the room. And I welled up because, you know, I've got two kids, one is two and, and the other is four and a half. Um, and I looked out at the room and there were kids the same age as mine. There was um, mothers and fathers who were like holding their kids in exactly the same way as I would hold mine. You know, there was four or five year olds tearing about, not paying any attention to me, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, causing havoc in the same way that my four or five year old does as well. Um, and it just struck me at that point. I was like, ah, oh, we're so we're so privileged um, 
in our own experience and actually a common humanity calls us to be passionate about this issue and and help those who are in need and reach out to those who are who are marginalized um so yeah that that's a huge thing that drives me also i also believe that this problem can stop um when you hear you know figures like 40.3 million people um that's really overwhelming and quite discouraging and disempowering but if you hear the story of one survivor um who has journeyed out journeyed through uh, this experience and is now living in freedom that gives you hope for yeah. the other uh folks who are held in slavery um, and what's more, like over the 23 years of IJM, we've, as I say, we've seen almost 60,000 people rescued. We've, um, in parts of the world, we've seen the prevalence of the trafficking of children into the sex industry plummet by 79% because of the work that our teams are doing on the ground. Um, so I, I believe it can stop uh, as well as I believe it's something that we as human beings should be passionately engaged in. Fantastic, Andy. I mean, that doesn't, I don't think there's a message that could be any more passionate than what you've just said there about why you do what you do. And if it wasn't for people like you for do what you're doing in an organization such as IGM, there'd be so much more suffering in the world. So thank you, you know, for what you're doing. That's fantastic. So tell me, you know, I suppose you mentioned there about bonded labor and about South, mm. South, South, South Asia, that, you know, you went to visit some of the um, rescued victims at IGM and supported and helped how did how did that happen what happened and what was the industry and what went on there in the background to this yeah well across south asia um the issue of bonded labor slavery or forced labor slavery is is huge um qu quite often individuals um would take on a loan um, and in order to repay that loan they are invited as an individual, or if they're a family, they're invited as a family to come and work in a particular industry. And that could, that could be anything. That could be uh, making bricks in a brick kiln. That could be um, digging rocks out of a quarry. It might be um, in a garment factory. It might be in a rice mill, uh, making rice that goes into global supply chains. Um, so it might be any number of, of industries and the, the problem with bonded labor slavery is that you are held, you are then, you, you or your family kind of goes into that situation of work to then find out that it's not the work that you thought it was gonna be. And then the debt that you have taken on and you're trying to repay is then held against you. So you're, you're held as a, as a bonded labor slave. Um, so, so that's kind of the, the context then. And IJM has worked with families who have had generations of, you know, members of their family held in bonded labor slavery because of one person taking on a debt as, as small as as small as five pounds. Um, and uh, yeah, a couple of stories. Uh, there was one of a, this was a, from a few years ago, IJM was involved in a a case that saw a, a woman called Ermila uh, who was rescued. And Ermila was held for 40 years in a brick kiln in South Asia. And uh, she was enslaved alongside her daughters and then her daughter's family as well. 
And she was 76 uh, by the time that IJM came alongside her case and worked with the local police and the local authorities in order to rescue her. Um, she was uh, rescued just prior to um, a general election in India. So in um, India's world's largest uh, democracy. Um, and uh, Ermila, um, in her first taste of freedom, uh, wanted to vote uh, in, in the general election. And our, our social workers helped her to get her voter card and, and such like. So it can impact someone who's 76 years old. Um, in, in my trip just at the end of last year, I met uh, a, a, a young woman with a young child, a four-year-old boy. Um, her name was Chandrama. Um, and she had taken on some work in a, what's called a sericulture facility, which is essentially a, a silkworm uh, harvesting uh, facility. Um, and she was working 16 hour days and had no idea what it was gonna be like until she got there. She tried to run away. She got caught by the owners of that facility and her and her four-year-old boy got locked in a room. Uh, and she was forced to continue pulling the silk from uh, from the silkworms in order to harvest them. And then the silk goes into global supply chains um, that enters into to the fashion industry. And, and IJM worked um, alongside the police to um, not only rescue her, but also her four-year-old boy and 160 others from that facility. Um, so yeah, the, the, this is what bonded labor slavery looks like in South Asia. Wow, that's just, it sounds like it's another world away, Andy, but um, when you talk about those two instances, in particular the, the, the last one there, um, what you did mention is that the, the um, it ended up in the global supply chain and yeah. suddenly you have uh, products that are potentially you know, made by these poor unfortunate people that have been caught in this and and I'm, I'm wearing it or you know it's it's, it's in, in, in the products that are in my house um, yeah. so, so I mean I, the Scotland against modern slavery it's kind of it's aimed at the, the business community and raising awareness in the Scottish business community but I think there's a um, a clear uh, a clear message that's coming out that it's not just you know it's, it's, it's global so as a business and everybody in business are individuals or they are our consumer mm -hmm. what should you what would you suggest advising them what should they be doing yeah so i think there's lots we can do individually and lots we can do collectively whether you're you know um an employee in a business whether you're a member of a, a community group or or the faith community and you know we we can do stuff as individuals and we can do stuff as groups of people as well um, and I guess the first thing is um, not particularly surprising, but it's actually to raise your voice in this issue, whether that's you raising your voice as an individual in your community or telling your family or telling your neighbours about it, or whether it's you as an employee in a business who actually speaks to his or her boss uh, to actually say, you know, what, what's our business doing to, to come alongside this? Um, I, I often say to people like, what's in your hands? Um, and that's a kind of weird phrase to say, but I believe that we all have things in our hands, whether that's our um, passions, whether that's our skills, whether that's our networks that we're a part of. 
um, you recognize the the things that are in our hands and then you you speak into those things and 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 you see where those conversations take you so so that that's one thing um that that you could do um a, a second thing and this is more at a kind of individual level um and i guess ties particularly with what we're saying there about supply chains is just like think a little bit more about the products that you're buying um shop ethically and i know there's that's kind of quite a trendy like hipster thing to do but actually there's there's more to it than just that is the the reason why people want to do that um is and and should be that actually you know it's it's lives of people it ties back into our common humanity what we were mentioning about earlier in 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 the talk uh, in the in our conversation yeah, yeah. um and a, a couple of things just to signpost people to if they're interested. We've um, IGM UK's website is igmuk.org. And if you go forward slash slave free, um, that gives you a whole range of um, advice and, and resources to, uh, to help you shop more ethically and help you um, make more ethical decisions when it comes to, you know, where, where have my clothes or where's my food or my you know, my favorite coffee or whatever it might be, where, where does it come from? Um, and then I guess the, the, the final thing um, that you, you might want to do as, a, as an individual or as a collective is the whole idea of actually stopping slavery at source. Um, and, you know, we have a, a fundamental role to play as consumers in Scotland uh, when it comes to the global supply chain. Um, but matched with us maybe reducing how much we consume in that sense, we also need to look at, okay, what is the problem in the on the ground as, you know, where, where these people are being exploited in the first place? Um, and for like a big company, you know, that might be a, a country that your company has a, has a footprint in and a presence in, and you might want to, to further look into that. Um, and, and I guess, you know, IJM are, are on the ground in, in many parts of the world and we're looking at stopping slavery at source. And um, we believe that this issue of violence and brokenness uh, or a lack of rule of law and justice systems is, is really key to actually stopping slavery at source. And, and, and just very briefly to give a, an, an example, um, I know I say this and this is a huge company um, but we've been doing some work with the Walmart uh, Foundation for a number of years now. Um, and the Walmart Foundation approached us um, because they were interested in the whole issue of, of slavery in the Gulf of Thailand. Um, and the, the Walmart, Walmart Foundation funded IJM to do a, a prevalent study looking at, OK, what is the levels of slavery in, in the seafood industry in the Gulf of Thailand? And we found out that there was indeed prevalence in, in the industry. And the foundation then took the next step of actually saying, OK, well, we as a company, we source a lot of our food, our, our seafood from the Gulf of Thailand. We want to put our money where our mouths is and, and actually try, try to stop slavery at source by um, helping IJM set up an office there, which will in turn begin to um, address some of these issues of violence and in turn some of the issues of, of slavery and in turn some of the issues of uh, global supply chains yeah. and with that as well. 
Um, so that, that's a big company, but as an example of how a, how a company is kind of pressing into stopping slavery at source. And, and you don't get much bigger than Walmart, Andy, and they are obviously taking it very seriously, um, which shows their commitment to, to doing it. And, and I think your line, stopping slavery at source, is key to this, isn't it? Because it kind of breaks that chain. And that yeah. suffering that goes all the way along is cut off right at the very, very start. I'd, um, I'd just like to say thank you so much, Andy, for, for joining me this afternoon. You've been very, very insightful and given a real, real overview of the global issue, but more importantly about actually doing something about it. As you mentioned earlier on, you could look at the numbers and say 40.3 million, 40 million people in, in um, what we call modern slavery, and, and it's overwhelming, but actually you're doing something about it and your organisations at the forefront of doing this globally. So I'd just like to say, Andy, thank you so much for your time and your insight. What we'll do is uh, with the podcast, we'll put the, the link that you mentioned, um, Slave Free, in, in the comments box on the YouTube channel so that anyone can click on and follow on with that. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Thank you, Shan.